Why in the world would you teach a young boy that it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God? Why would you choose a text like that to teach a child? Would you do that? There are folks today who regard teaching words like these to children as a form of abuse. What do you think? Welcome to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith. And Colin, based on the way you phrased that question, I'm guessing you'll say, no, that's not a form of abuse. That's something we need to do. The question is, why? (laughs) Yeah, well, absolutely we need to do that because the Bible says that it is a fearful thing to fall into the hand of the living God. So it is for someone who's not reconciled to him in and through the Lord Jesus Christ. The thing is, we need to be able to distinguish between a right and a wrong kind of fear. Perfect love casts out fear. And so we want our children to cultivate the right kind of confidence before God that comes from faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. But then the Bible also says that the fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So there's a fear we want to get rid of and there's a fear that we want to cultivate. We're going to look at both in the book of Deuteronomy. So this is from Deuteronomy chapter 5, so please grab a Bible if you can and join us there as we begin the message called Cultivate the Right Kind of Fear. Here's Colin. We're continuing our series that's entitled Take Two, The Power of a Fresh Start, and we're learning God's words to people who are on the verge of something new. We're seeing that God gives to his people what it takes to break free from the ingrained and habitual patterns of the past and to find the courage to face the challenges of the future. And we're finding that this book is speaking very powerfully and directly to us today. Last week, we saw that in order to pursue the new life that God calls us to, we need to own what is ours by nature. The Bible calls that repentance. And we need to own what is ours by grace. And the Bible calls that faith. Today we're going to take the next step forward in what it means to enter into something new, to live a new life in Jesus Christ. I want to speak to you about this central subject of the place of fear in a godly life. You heard me right. The place of fear in a godly life. Cultivating the right kind of of fear. Now, will you look with me at Deuteronomy chapter 5 and verse 29, which is our key text in this passage of Scripture today? God says, Oh, that their hearts would be inclined to fear me. That's what God says. And keep all my commands always, so that it may go well with them and their children forever. You hear the passion of God in these words, oh, he says, that they would have a heart that is inclined to fear me. That's what God says. Now, you know that children have an amazing capacity of memory. And uh, I'm glad that as a child, I was encouraged and helped and taught to um, memorize a good number of verses of uh, scripture from the Bible, uh, as well as a fair chunk of the hymn book, I think, that's kind of rooted from childhood in my memory as well. What you remember as a child stays with you all your life. It goes in deep. 
And so for all of the younger folks who are learning verses of the Bible from Awana, I encourage you in this. This is a marvelous thing. You will never regret having the Word of God memorized in your heart. And many of uh, you will have done this over the years and will be doing it now. I learned many of the verses um, that uh, you also will have learned, one that you saw on the video earlier in the service, that many Christians know God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, John 3 and verse 16, Romans chapter 5 and verse 8, God demonstrates his love towards us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Let me tell you a couple of other verses of scripture that I learned when I was very young. From Hebrews in chapter 10, and I quoted in the authorized version as I read, uh, learned it. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Or from Hebrews in chapter 12, our God is a consuming fire. Now that lies very deep within my own mind. It lies very deep within my own heart. It goes all the way back to childhood, learning these verses of the Bible. And here's my question. I wonder what you think of planting that in the memory of a child. Why in the world would you teach a young boy that it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God? Why would you choose a text like that to teach a child? Would you do that? Why would you teach that boy to associate in his mind the God you want him to love with a consuming fire? Why would you do that? Why would you teach him to remember this and to carry it with him in his soul all the days of his life? There are folks today, and I have read them, who regard teaching words like these to children as a form of abuse. What do you think? Uh, you may say, well, I, I think that's going too far. But personally, you know, as a parent, I would not uh, teach my children that it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God or that our God is a consuming fire. Well, I want to tell you today, I am glad that my parents did. I am glad that my Sunday school teachers did teach me this scripture as well as the great scriptures about the love of God. Because I need this truth in my life and so do you. And if you don't have it in your life, I want you to see it in the scripture and by the power of the Holy Spirit to get it into your life today. The place of fear in a godly Christian life. Now, I know immediately that some of us are struggling with all kinds of questions. That is why this little understood subject that goes to the heart of the Bible is so important for us today. Look at it again. Deuteronomy chapter 5 and verse 29. Oh, that their hearts would be inclined to fear me. That it may go well with them and their children forever. Now, folks, let's begin with an important distinction. It is critical to grasp that there is a fear that love removes... And there is a fear that love brings. 
a fear that love removes and a fear that love brings. Uh, the fear that love removes, we will be familiar with. First John chapter 4 and verse 18. You know this verse, perfect love casts out fear. There is a fear that love removes. What kind of fear does love remove? Well, uh, you get an example of it in the Garden of Eden. Love casts out the kind of fear that would keep you hiding from God. Now, when Adam sinned, do you remember what he did? He hid from God. He said, I, I heard you in the garden, Lord, and I was afraid, see? And I hid. And now, there's something to be said for this. Far better that Adam, knowing that he has done wrong, has some fear of God that causes him to hide than that he just kind of puts his hands in his pockets. That's the wrong phrase for the Garden of Eden. I just realized that, but... Um, uh, <laughs> Um, that he just kind of nonchalantly walks around as if nothing was the matter. Friend, it is better to have a sense of fear that keeps you from God than to have no fear of God at all. Only the wicked have no fear of God. And that's the worst possible of all conditions. It is far better to have a sense over, of shame over evil that you have done than to be shameless about it. But love removes that kind of fear. That's why when God comes into the garden, his love overwhelms this fear as he reaches out to Adam and to Eve and embraces them with his promise and his covenant of love. Love casts out the kind of fear that would keep you from serving God. Do you remember the story the Lord Jesus told about uh, servants who were trusted with talents by a master and one of them was a lazy servant and he dug a hole and he hid his master's money in the ground and when the master came back the servant said well I knew that you were a hard man and he said I was afraid Matthew 24 and verse 25 so I dug a hole fear made me dig a hole and I hid the money and here is what belongs to you Again, it's better to have dug a hole in the ground and to have hidden the money than to have spent it on riotous living like the prodigal son did. I mean, at least he was able to give it back. But the master was not pleased, you remember. A man who knew that the master loved him would have done better than bury the master's talent in the ground. Now, there is a fear we're saying first that love removes. Perfect love casts out fear. It casts out the kind of fear that would make you hide from God because you know your sins and feel your shame. It casts out the kind of fear that holds you back from serving God and, and makes you bury the talent that he has given to you, as it were, in a hole in the ground. And, and that's how we usually think about love and fear. Love casts out fear. They, they, we think of them as alternatives. Uh, where there is fear, there is obviously not love. And where there is love, there obviously will be no fear. But I want you to see that but as well as a fear that is removed by love, there is a fear that is brought by love. We'll come back to that in just a moment. This is Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith and a message called Cultivate the Right Kind of Fear. It's part of our series from Deuteronomy and today in chapter 5 called Take Two, The Power of a Fresh Start. 
And if you've missed any of the series or you want to go back and listen again, you can always do that by coming online to our website, openthebible.org.uk. You can download or listen again to any of our previously broadcast messages. You can also find them as a podcast if that's a better way for you to listen to Pastor Colin Smith's teaching. And you can find that on your regular podcasting site. Search for Open the Bible UK. You'll also find on the website and also as a podcast, Open the Bible Daily. Now this is a series of very short two to three minute reflections based on Pastor Colin Smith's teaching and read in the UK by Sue McLeish. There's a new one every day and you can find that as a podcast or on our website. At Open the Bible, we welcome contact with our listeners. If you've been blessed by Pastor Colin Smith's teaching and you'd like to reach out to us, there are several ways you can do that. You can write to us at Open the Bible, P.O. Box 1420, Cheltenham, GL50, 9PG. Or you can phone us on 0330-335-8089. If we're not available when you call, leave a message for us and we'll return your call. Back to the message now. Here's Colin. Love and the right kind of fear are inseparable companions. I don't know if you'll find this helpful, but think of it like cholesterol. Is cholesterol good or bad? You see, it's a more subtle question than to give a simple answer, isn't it? Because you know there is good cholesterol and there is bad cholesterol. And if your bad cholesterol is going up, that means your health's getting worse. But if your good cholesterol's going up, you may actually be getting better. If you run a marathon, your good cholesterol increases, I read in a survey this week. So think of fear in the same kind of way. We want less of the bad kind. We want more of the good kind. And some of us have only ever thought that there was a bad kind of fear. The only thing that we've got in our mind is perfect love casts out fear. We have seen love and fear as alternatives. We have never seen them as companions. We do not understand the fear of the Lord. The good kind of fear. That is the mark of health in an effective Christian life. So what then is this fear that love brings? Let me give you an example here. We're going to see it across the scriptures today. Um, Psalm 130 and verse 4. Look at this and think about it. With you, the psalmist says, there is forgiveness. Therefore, you are feared. Now, if you're one of these folks who has it in your mind that fear is always bad and that the only thing that can be said about the relationship between love and fear is that when love comes in, then then fear goes out, you will not be able to understand this kind of verse. You will just assume that the psalmist ought to have said, uh, well, there's forgiveness with you and therefore you're not to be feared. Don't need to worry because you're a forgiving God. But that's the opposite of what he says. What he says is... With you there is forgiveness, therefore you are feared. There is a kind of fear that this massive gift of love that we call forgiveness brings you into. When I experience the forgiveness of God, there is a kind of fear, a fear of the Lord that I'm brought into. You see what we're saying? There is a fear that love removes. There is a fear that love brings. Remember John Newton? 
in his great hymn, Amazing Grace, "'Twas grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved." You see, he understood this. It works both ways. There's a fear that is removed by love. There is a fear that love brings. And love and the right kind of fear are inseparable friends. Now, someone may be saying at this point, now, wait, wait a minute, we're in the Old Testament here, aren't we? Isn't it the case that the fear of the Lord is an Old Testament idea? Isn't it the case that people feared God in the Old Testament and then they kind of outgrew that, shook it off and, and started to love God in the New Testament? And shouldn't we be doing the same? Look with me just so that this is settled in your mind. Look with me in the New Testament about fearing God. I'm going to run through these scriptures very, very quickly. But I want you to see this is New Testament. This is Christianity. It's not like there's two different messages here. The words of Mary, Luke chapter 1 and verse 50. The mother of our Lord speaks of his mercy that extends to who? Those who fear him from generation to generation. That includes us. Matthew chapter 10, the words of our Lord Jesus to who? To his disciples. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy body and soul in hell. Acts chapter 9 and verse 31, a church health report. The church at its very best, Acts 9.31, the church enjoyed a time of peace. It was strengthened and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. It grew in numbers. And then Luke says, living in the fear of the Lord. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 12, our mandate for the Christian life. This is New Testament Christianity. Work out your salvation how? With fear and with trembling. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 17, a direct command. Love the brotherhood of believers. Fear God. Honor the king. Fear God. Direct command in the New Testament, not the Old Testament. But perhaps, at least in my mind, most compelling of all. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 17. The experience of John the Apostle, the believer who had been closest to Jesus, the disciple who Jesus loved, the Gospels say, the disciple who had leaned on Jesus at the Last Supper. And when he sees in the first chapter of the book of Revelation, the exalted Lord, John says about the Christ, I fell at his feet as though dead. Do you think it would be different for you? Really? And so the Savior comes to him and says, John, do not be afraid. And picks him up. Friend, this is not a fear you grow out of as if religion sort of evolved away from it. This is a fear that we grow into if we are followers of Christ like John the Apostle. We are to fear God as we love him and we are to love him as we fear him. And both the Old Testament and the New Testament make these things plain. So we're going to be looking at loving God next week from Deuteronomy. But first this great theme of fearing him. 
And you can't separate them. They are inseparable. Read through Deuteronomy and you will find it again and again and again. We'll keep picking this up. It's love and it's fear and it's fear and it's love. This is the nature of our relationship with God. John Bunyan, the great Puritan preacher, the writer of Pilgrim's Progress, wrote a marvelous book on the subject of the fear of God. And he says this. He says, godly fear flows from a sense of the love and kindness of God to the soul. Godly fear flows from a sense of the love and kindness of God to the soul. There is an awe that flows out of the experience of the love and the kindness of God in Jesus Christ. There is a fear that is removed by love, but there is a fear that love brings you into. The fear of the Lord. And it runs all the way through both the Old Testament and the New Testament. Now, here's my case. Here's the burden of my heart in this message today. The church today desperately needs to rediscover the fear of the Lord. I believe that, don't you? David Wells has described, I think, very perceptively the plight of Christianity in our times. And he's used this word. He says, what has happened in our culture is that God has become weightless in the lives of even believing people. Uh, He puts it like this. He says, the God who is uh, declared and the God who is worshipped by many uh, today seems to be to them less compelling than football or fashion. He seems to be less attractive when it comes to the end of the day, as it were, than money or sex. Taking up this theme, Philip Ryken, I think, says this well. It is this weightlessness of God, he says, that more than anything else explains the failings of the evangelical church. It is because God is so unimportant to us that our worship becomes irrelevant, our fellowship becomes loveless, and our witness becomes timid. We have become children of a lightweight God. You resonate with that? See that in the culture? And now here, Deuteronomy chapter 5 and verse 29, God is saying, oh, oh, that their hearts would be inclined to fear me. That they would have the kind of fear that love brings. Why? So that it may go well with them and their children. We've got to pause the message there today and we'll be back with the next part of the message. You've been listening to Pastor Colin Smith on Open the Bible and the message Cultivate the Right Kind of Fear. It's from our series Take Two, The Power of a Fresh Start. And if you've missed any of the series or if you want to go back and listen again, you can always do that by coming online to our website, openthebible.org.uk. Or you can find us as a podcast. Go to your favourite podcast site, Search for Open the Bible UK and subscribe to receive regular updates. While you're on the website, why not check out Open the Bible Daily? That's uh, Pastor Colin Smith's teaching in a daily series of short reflections, two or three minutes long. It's read in the UK by Sue McLeish. Sue, what have you personally got out of these January Open the Bible Daily reflections? Do you know, I've found it really helpful Um, particularly when Pastor Colin, as he so often does, leads us from the Old Testament into the New. 
and shows us that, you know, really the entire Bible is pointing towards Jesus. And then we get some wonderful moments here where it becomes so clear to us. I've loved actually reading this. It's, it's meant a great deal to me. Open the Bible is able to stay on this station and on the internet as a result of generous gifts from our listeners, people just like you. And if that's something you'd like to begin to do, if you're able to set up a new donation to Open the Bible in the amount of £5 per month or more, we'd love to send you as a thank you gift a book, Psalms by the Day, and it's written by the Bible scholar Alec Mocher. Colin, who would you say this book is written for? Oh, well, this would be a great resource for anyone who wants to expand the capacity of their own heart. You know, the marvelous thing about the Psalms is that they address every kind of human experience. I mean, you've got joy here, you've got depression, you've got faith, doubt, peace, raging, anger. I mean, the, the whole range of human experience is in the Psalms. And Psalms by the Day is just a wonderful resource to open up these marvelous prayers in which we're able to lay before the Lord what we're feeling in our own hearts and what we're experiencing in our own lives and seek from him the help that he alone is able to give. Well, we'd love to send you a copy of this book as a free gift if you're able to set up a new donation to the work of Open the Bible in the amount of £5 per month or more. Full details on our website, openthebible.org.uk. For Open the Bible and for Pastor Colin Smith, I'm David Pick, and I hope you'll be able to join us again next time. Is the fear of the Lord a good thing or a bad thing? Find out next time on Open the Bible.